When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. First things first, we'll apologise because we've been saying for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks we're going to do a tripe supper. We've all got little name badges on so yeah. we can identify yeah. each other. And we've never got round to it, so we've got, I think we've got the Stoke draw to discuss, haven't we, first, <laughs> from the first day of the season. Um, we're going to talk formations. Uh, John O, Vic and Phil are all here. We're going to, we're going to talk formation just on the back of the, the defeat to Watford and obviously lots being said about 4-2-3-1 and whether Karanka should stick with it and the manager had his say on it afterwards. Uh, Vic, we'll, we'll start with you. Karanka was asked about it afterwards and he said that it's the it's formation that took Borough up, so he's, he's going to be faithful to it. You can see his point of view there. Of course you can. It, it, Borough have played a particular system now for the best part of three years. The manager's come in, he's ingrained that system into everyone in the club, not just the first team, but everyone in the club is, is well aware of how they play. And over successive transfer windows, he's gone out to buy players to make that system more effective. You can argue over the toss over whether uh, those players actually have been an improvement, but as far as he's concerned, he's gone out and he, he's improved the component parts of the machine that has taken Borough from the, the bottom half of the, the championship to the playoffs and then ultimately to promotion. They've got a 50% win rate, and while it hasn't been the most scintillating of football, because that's the nature of his approach to it, you can't argue with the results. 50% win rate, only lost five games at home over two seasons, uh, and as long as results are, are, are going well, I think everyone's prepared to bite their tongue, just as when Arsenal were, were winning were 1-0 every week and they were boring as hell. As long as you're winning titles, fans are happy as Larry. When results drop off, I think that's when the patience wears out. But... The manager made quite clear that as far as he was concerned, this was the system that had got the club where they, where they were. It was the system that he was comfortable with and it was the system that the squad had been brought in to play. But, oh, sorry, but, but just say, Phil, Borough are by no means an anomaly, are they, in playing that system? I know you've spoke about um, Spurs playing it, Crystal Palace playing it, Everton playing it, but they played it in a completely different way, didn't they? Yeah, I don't buy the idea necessarily that four-two-three-one has to be. It is by its very nature a negative formation. I think because there's one up top, people immediately assume you're playing one man in attack and you're basically packing the defence. Well, I suppose the way Borough play, you could make that case. But um, you're absolutely right. I mean, Spurs played a, a fluid four-two-three-one, which at times saw nearly everybody by the back four in the Borough half. And sometimes, it, with, with, when the full-backs were pushing on, everybody but the centre-backs and the keeper in the Borough half. Now, they probably can't do that against Man City, but they, they, they had the flexibility to take advantage of a reticent Borough and really, you know, knock them about a good bit. Um, so I don't, I don't believe the system is inherently defensive. I think because it's been made famous by managers like Jose Mourinho, um, that there's an, the suggestion that the Chelsea way of playing it is the way Aitor's going to play, and that that that, but obviously Chelsea had far better players to to make that work. I I, I think you can play whatever formation you want if you want to if you're just going to play with your key attacking players 
wandering around halfway in the middle third of the pitch, you're not going to create too much. And particularly if your striker's 40, 50 yards away from the nearest teammate, then you're definitely not going to create a lot. Um, and they're not stupid. You know, we see it from the stands, don't we? We sat at the back of the West Stand at the Riverside or high up at West Ham, and you can see the shape of the team and, and the gaps between groups of players. And, and they'll see that as well. They'll watch the video footage the next day or later that night. And, you know, they'll, they'll be sat now thinking of ways around of getting the team to play high up the pitch without exposing the defence. And I think at the moment they look to me like a team that's scared stiff of leaving their back four, their back six players exposed. You know, go, go on, just briefly going on to the Spurs example, Deli Alley was meant to be one of the two holding midfielders, like, two defensive midfielders. He spent three quarters of the match in the final third. So that, Borough haven't learned that adaptability of when the occasion merits it, of getting players forward. Forshaw's the nearest thing they've got to that. We may not have done a blog for weeks and weeks, but it does feel like Groundhog Day because this is this is the conversation that we were having last season when people were were praying for Karanka to open the system up a little bit and to you know really put teams to the sword in the championship. And arguably, you could you, you could say that actually Borough had the team last year to probably put a few more teams to the sword than they did. But it doesn't matter; they got up and and, and we're all kind of happy. This is, I don't I don't really I'm not surprised that Karanka sticks with four two three one because he's in a better division and he probably thinks well I do need two holding midfielders to stop better teams from running riot against us. The one thing that really rubs up supporters and was blatantly clear on Saturday is that it's the plan B and again it is Groundhog Day because this is what we said last season. Four two three one is fine. Like there's nothing wrong with systems and how Borough are deployed, but when things aren't working like they weren't after. Probably what an hour as soon as Watford scored, let's say, Borough to that point had largely controlled the game without threatening. I would say when Watford scored, that's when the plan B comes in, and that's when certain managers would have gone to the likes of Jordan Rose and said, "Right, two up front." Borough don't have a plan B, and teams are stuffing that out. I think. Yeah, I think one of the problems is the the assumption is that a plan B involves changing the shape on the yeah, pitch for the last fifteen that. minutes, yeah. whereas for me, having a plan B would be have the ability to start a game in a completely different way and shape, which maybe catches the opposition on the hop. Mm-hmm. Uh, they prepared all week for, to defend against a team playing in a certain way, and then you, you set out differently with a different game plan, a different uh, flow to the game, a different mentality. That's a plan B. But when it comes back to the, the point where you know, you've brought the players to play in a certain way, then you have to ask the question, do you have the options within the squad to play 4-4-2? effectively uh, or to play three at the back effectively uh, 4-4-2 is not a magic bullet because Burnley play it and they've scored fewer goals than Borough and plenty of teams play 4-4-2 and it can be equally turgid we, we sat through a year of 4-4-2 under Gordon Strachan I don't think for a second anyone's calling for that there may be ways of getting two strikers on the pitch I mean, we, we know there have been flashes of playing 4-4-1-1 uh, there's been a 4-3-3 three, three at one point as well and you, you can get more players on the pitch but if you're chasing a game because you're a goal down and you're chasing a, and you're trying to tinker with a fixed formation from the start which has been put on there to play a different way you can only move one or two of the component parts you can't set it out consciously to play in a different way you know without getting into some terrible technical you know arguments and theories it strikes me more the more I think about this. If you're going to make four-two-three-one work, 
you've got to have pace in the team yeah. so that you can turn a defensive strategy into an attacking one very quickly. And we've seen this season, haven't we, teams break on Borough and turn defence into attack and at times score from, from defending their own corners. Now, Borough aren't a team, as I see at the moment, whether they've got the personnel or the capability of turning, t- turning defence into attack in, in, in seconds. It's so ponderous and laborious. And that's because... They haven't really got an ex- a player with explosive pace. We can go on to Triori at some point, but he's the only member of the squad, I think, off the top of my head. You know, George Friend gets forward, bombs forward. But he wouldn't, Fisher, maybe. He, he maybe he's a Fisher. You, on the right-hand side, Barragan might try and get forward. Stuane is not a winger. Stewie Downing spending as much time as... Covering. He, covering. So, so you look at those players and think, well, if they're not going to get forward at pace, and Negredo's not a pacey player, so... Maybe that's an argument of why Borough struggle to make that formation work in this division. I mean, you look at Spurs again, four-two-three-one. When they had the ball and broke on broke on Borough, they were like a swarm, weren't they? Oh, there was you six. know, there was three, there was three and four little little darting runs, and the, the the player in possession had options either side of him, and Borough was stretched and backpedalling, and that's what Borough have to do with other teams. Is it a question of pace, i.e., speed over a limited? Limited distance. Well, speed of thought, or is I think it, it, yeah, and, yeah, and the movement of the ball. Yeah, both. I think, I think both. Because, I think both. because I think both, yeah. the way Borough play, play uh, this system is a patient possession game. They recycle the ball in the middle third. They use the two holding midfielders to always be available to, to get the ball back from the from the three, and they look for to probe down one flank. It doesn't get get there. They come back, move over to the side, probe down the other flank, flank, and that patient football is designed to. Uh, wear the opposition out because they have to do a lot more work to find a space and in the championship that that was a viable option because you're playing against defences that are perhaps not as good in terms of personnel they're not as well organised and well drilled Uh, ultimately you've got the the balance of power because you've got better players and that's why we were winning games last year because we would wear teams down and so many of the goals came in 85 minutes plus because sooner or later teams are going to make a mistake we know that and that's how Borough made it count last year this year that system isn't working because they're up against better players better organised defences who have more nous about the way that the game is managed and they're fitter as well so in the last stages of the game Borough are the ones that have been running out of steam what's struck what's caught my eye so far I think Borough are awfully predictable I think you touch on it there and and against Watford um, Watford, once Watford had sussed Borough out, which they did after what half an hour or so, and Borough got dragged into that niggly game yeah. and then lost any momentum they'd found. And, and I think that's why Adama Traore is by no means the, the finished article, but he, he's that element of unpredictability that Borough just desperate mm-hmm. for, I think. And, and I think Victor Fisher could be that as well, although he's, he's not as it's daring. More, more orthodox. Yeah, he's yeah. not as daring as Traore. But I mean, the, the point I was going to make about, without getting too sidetracked, was. We don't have too many players. You know, if you if you're if you're an opposition defender and you're about to play Borough at the weekend, who are you really frightened of? Triore. Well, at the point I'm going to make is yes, there's players there who you respect. You know, you you would you'd be respecting Stuart Downing. You'd know you'd have to keep an eye on Ramirez and get into him and get about him. You know that Stuart has got a shot on him and is is good. At, you know, a good goal scorer. But the one player you'd lose sleep about because you couldn't legislate for it is Triore, because he's the player. Who you know that in a one-to-one race, you'd, it'd, it'd, it'd leave, you, leave you standing. You know, if he knocks the ball past you, you're toast. Now, what he does with the ball when he gets past you, 
that, that that's another st- story. But at the moment, I think if you're if you're planning to play Middlesbrough, you think if we tick these boxes on Saturday, we're going to at least draw, if not win. And and we'd all sit here and think, yeah, that's a fair comment. Um, if if you look after the threats in the team, you probably will win because there's no real there's no Paye, for example, there's no Deli Ali, um, there's no there's, you know there's no Benteke. With the best will in the world, so so Borough have to be more effective as a unit. But even simplistic terms, when you watch the Tottenham, for example, I mean Son ran riot, didn't he? But you didn't know where he was going to be. Like he, he plays on the left, so mm. he plays the Stuart Downing role. But he, he was never on the left. Mm. He was everywhere. He was in the middle. He was on the right. He was you know defending his own box, and then he was breaking with six other players. Borough, you kind of have an idea. You can throw a blanket over, right? He's going to be roughly in that area of the pitch. And this guy, how many times have you seen Downing swap sides with the other winger like, and, and ask a different question? I haven't seen it. The last well, time I saw it was Aston Villa in pre-season. And that was a day where we did see Borough counter-attack and counter-attack with pace, with Fisher. They would have had these conversations in pre-season of how can we hurt better teams than us, basically. But the thing that, that I think that Borough really didn't see coming was how quick and how strong opposition defenders are full backs well you spoke about Groundhog Day and how many times did we sit in this room and discuss last season personally anyway I, I, I laboured the point I'll admit it the makeup of the attacking three behind the striker mm. I'll tell you it was an issue last season I was convinced then that Aitor didn't know his best three I'm still convinced I think Saturday's three was what he'd regard as his best three I thought the team was but, his, what yeah, he'd regard but as I don't think three. there's any evidence suggested that three is a, is a Premier League class trio and for all the strengthening that went on in the summer we yet to see, you know, Triori came in to replace Adoma effectively. He hasn't started yet. Um, Ramirez was the, was, the, was the kind of the guy identified as the number 10. He hasn't done it yet, really. Stewie's been, for me, very good, but he's had to do most of his best work in the middle third of the pitch when he's really there as one of your most potent attackers. And I think you've got a player in Negrida who suddenly people are starting to mourn about. But he's not the kind of player who's going to play, who's going to make those sixty-yard runs backward and forward. He's a top-class striker. Who you know, we should be celebrating the fact we've got a player like him. And yet, and the player to restrict him. Yeah, people are mourning because he isn't doing a job he's not cut out for. He's not going to run all day. He's, he's not that kind of player. If you've got an agreeador, you've got to build your team around him. Not knowing what the best attacking quartet though. It's not just that. It's across the team. I've said that. When you're picking a team against Arsenal, you could theoretically make eight changes if you wanted and no one would bat an eyelid. There's still arguments now of who's the best goalkeeper, who's the best right-back, who should be playing centre-back, should it be Arlo or Chambers, who's playing centre-mid, should it be Clayton or Daroon, who should be playing in the attacking four. We don't know what Borough's best team is yet. We're, we're almost at, you know, we're eight games up, into the season. When you lose games, doesn't yeah. it? I mean, when you're winning constantly or winning and drawing like Borough were last season, very easy to keep the... The, the basis of the eleven, yeah, but still and, make three changes yeah, and make one or two changes. I think I think we what suddenly we we argue in the office don't be about who should come in for the next match. And I heard somebody shout, "Well, and Sui hasn't done too much wrong. Let's try him again on Saturday." And you think, "Well, can't keep going round." What's the circles. message? What's the message yeah. when Karanka does that? Yeah. When he when he you know, for example, Fisher and Rose had probably a, well their best game at West Ham. What's the message to them by putting them on the bench the next week? Like, now, I'm not saying that Burnley are going to stay up, but one thing that Sean Dyche does well is he keeps the same team. And he'll say to you, look, you might have an off week, you might do this, but you have no pressure because more unless you have a real stinker, you're going to be in the team next week. So, so in that front four, if we were to go around now, you know, presuming that uh, Ito will stick with 4-2-3-1 against Arsenal, 
what would your front four be? Me? Arsenal. Well, we'll go around. Well, yeah, I mean, I personally, I think if you're going to play that formation, first of all, and Arsenal's a difficult one to say this about because they will rip you to shreds if you leave gaps. But Borough have to be brave and play further up the pitch, first of all. Because if they sit back against Arsenal... They'll they'll get taken apart anyway because they're past the, the, the example Vic's making about a team just passing passing through you. They can do that. So I'd be a bit more adventurous in terms of just setting up the pitch a little bit and backing your players to actually deal with problems as they arise. And um, if I was if I was putting that formation out, it would be still be Downing on the left. It'd probably be Ramirez in the centre, but I'm not you know. But I would go with something like Triori on the right, and then I'd either stick with Negredo or, or even you know something left field and try Stuani up top. The bloke hasn't had a chance up there. Uh, you know, cause is it the, the best one in the world, is it the sort of game that George Rhodes is going to thrive in? Don't uh, know, do we? I suppose we don't know. No, no. So, uh, I'm but not too... Shawani up top would be that plan B that you were talking about. That's something out of the, yeah. out of the ordinary. But right? I, do, I, I do think, I mean, I think Ramirez needs to start playing for 80 minutes instead of 18 minutes in a match. I, you know, people say, oh, I've been on his case of late. But at the end of the day, he's the number 10 in the team. He, and if, if, if he can't do more than he's doing at the moment, Aitor does have to change the system because he hasn't got anybody else to play the number 10 well, role. He does have someone else. He has Victor Fisher who yeah. played pretty well at West Ham. Karanka failed. Balanced, the yeah. message that Karanka failed to get across by picking Ramirez this week was that you have to you have genuine competition in that place. Ramirez is sorting around thinking, I haven't got any competition in here. I'm, I'm, most weeks, I'm going to walk into this it, number 10 position I do think here. it's a big leap to think that, from what we've seen so far of Fisher, is that, I mean, and I'm not saying don't give him a try, but it's a big leap to suggest that Fisher's a Premier League number 10 yeah. on what we've seen so but far. But he did more at West Ham. No, no, than, I, 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 granted. But I think what he was playing more as there, he was almost playing as a second striker. Where if the player has to come through him all the time, which he probably would have to, I mean, particularly as his career, he's been a left winger coming off the left, hasn't he? Um, you know, cutting inside onto his right foot. So, I'm not disagreeing with that, but and certainly Ramirez needs a challenge. But I would say, if if we can't improve the number 10, as it is at the moment, then he does have to think about a different system, because everything's about that player. So, if you're looking at potential different systems, I mean, there's been a lot of talk lately about 3-5-2. It's become kind of vogue as a way of containing... More adventurous sides. You've got the, the you know, five when you're defending and push forward and have crowd the midfield. So it, it, it has its merits. And Borough probably have the personnel to play mm. it because uh, we know that Ensui has got good engines and get up and down the right. And we know that on the left, George has got similar qualities. Plus, you've brought in Fabio, who's a specialist left wing back in some respects. He's played there for Cardiff. Uh, so you potentially have. The possibility of playing three-five-two, which would put your two strikers on the pitch. The question is, do you take the risk? In, introducing change brings uncertainty, and do you take the risk of playing that at Arsenal? Probably not, because if you get turned over, you're demoralised and you rule out that that possibility for the future. But do you take the risk of playing it against Bournemouth? Where, yeah, a game that you'd which, think we which is the, which is your six pointer. So mm. we're in a division where every game has got massive risks attached to it, and that's why and most to... coaches are risk averse, which mm. is why they revert to the, the system they know and the players they know. Well, that's why they had to do it in pre-season. That's what, there's no point playing four-two-three-one in in training games against Spanish third division teams, and because we get what you get why aren't if you're thinking about a, a plan B or a 3-5-2 you can't do it four days five days before Arsenal 
You've got to do it in pre-season. You've got to do it in the international breaks. If Borough were genuinely thinking, right, we might play 3-5-2, they've just had two weeks in the training ground. We don't know that they haven't, to be fair. But yes, one of the advantages of the Premier League is you do get a week to prepare between games. So arguably, it does suit... It gives you the possibility of doing in-depth tactical work. Uh, I, I do think they've got the personnel to play... Three five two. I'm not so sure about four four two because then it raises the question about central midfield and whether you've got mm. the strength there. Can, most teams that play that have a really athletic, imposing central midfielder. Athlete, and athlete. We, we don't really have that. Mm. Uh, you know, we've got workers, and for sure is uh, it, it, as an attacking instinct, it looks to play the ball forward. But I'm not sure you'd be strong enough in that in that position to do any better than you would with the current setup. I don't know. I'm, I'm not sticking up necessarily, but I think that four-two-three-one might be looking at Borough's play. That might be their best formation. Well, I, th- I, think I don't think it's the idea. formation. It's a mentality the and a yeah. cautious approach. That sometimes you need to you need to think and and you know I often think this with with um, the football side. You, you've got so, so many good players in your team, or you should have if you're a Premier yeah. League team. So sometimes make your opposition worry about you instead mm-hmm. of setting out. Mm. Concerned and worried about them, and Borough do have players that can hurt. They can hurt. So the, 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 I think the thing with Traore, and keep coming back to him, is personally, I think Traore is, a, is an impact player. I think he's best used from the bench. I don't think he's ready yet. But who do you play instead of him? I think this is the problem Borough have found themselves in, and I, and I, think, the, I think the proof is in the pudding in that if a, if, if a transfer window opened now, Borough will probably go out and sign a right-sided player or a number 10, which I think shows that they've probably left themselves a little short in that position from the summer. But then, you know, you look and think Albert Adorma, and would Adorma have been the answer at this level? I watched Villa against Wolves on Saturday, and he was woeful. It's funny that uh, I, I do agree with all the points. If, you know, this is very hypothetical, if Borough had gone and beaten Watford, if, if they had put that, that one chance away when they were in control of the game, there'd be a point ahead of Watford now, and we'd all be saying, oh, 12. Yeah, exactly. So I don't think everything is is as doom as glo- and gloom as perhaps we think. But and yes, Borough have to improve. They have to improve to stay up. But I don't think it's a case of ripping everything up and starting again. But I think it is tweaking what's yeah. already there and to, to get better. Not to remember it. It has been a big step up. The defence are under a lot more pressure than they ever were last year. And that, last year that was the building blocks of of the promotion campaign. And not only of the defence had to step up a division. There's been quite a lot of change in it as well because yeah. we've had the injuries and, and it's it hasn't really settled down yet. Although it's starting to take shape, and I, I like Callum Chambers and, and, and Ben Gibson. So at the back, we haven't really seen the, that unit hit, hit top gear. That only comes with games, though. Exactly. Games. And ditto up front. We haven't really quite settled yet on the four or or the five that are going to be rotated. So sometimes you think, well, I know it's frustrating, but you have to be patient because it is a steep learning curve. And you could say three or four weeks ago, you might have said, well, George Friend doesn't look up to it. But I think he's improved in the last two or three games. He's getting to grips with the speed. He's learning earlier in the game what his opponent can do. And he's coming up with strategies to deal with it. And that's happening all over the pitch. It can never happen fast enough because ideally you want to be you know, at 100% from day one. But it has been a massive culture shock and maybe we're all guilty that it's actually been a much bigger step up than we thought it was going to be yeah. same time next week to discuss Borough's 2-0 win at Arsenal <laughs> cheers fellas <laughs> thanks a lot for that